Hey guys, welcome back to the Walk Podcast. It's another episode and we're glad to have your listening ear. Today's episode is taken from our very first YouTube live stream, which happened back in February on Valentine's Day. You can watch the full thing on our YouTube channel, which is called the Walk Pod Talk. But for now, here's a snippet of the full conversation. Today's episode is called Love Is, because you know why not, it's Valentine's Day, and we are talking about love, and we're going to get right into it. So do you guys want to introduce yourselves? My name's Christine. Hi, guys. Um, I'm the resident rebel of the Walkfoot podcast, Stephanie will tell you. Stephanie's my cousin, and I'm her favorite cousin in the whole wide world, so I like to in there so everybody knows um yeah i love jesus i'm god's favorite sorry to the rest of you wow wow (laughs) um i'm elizabeth um i go to the same church as steph so yeah i'm not resident anything but i've turned up on one podcast and i didn't i didn't offend anyone you are a resident something you don't know it yet (laughs) once you're in you can never leave (laughs) locked in ball and chain and all that is it so yeah i think the first thing I wanted to ask was what you guys took from my last conversation. So I, I want to go last. Um, but yeah, so when we talked last week, we talked about what love is and we really did get into quite some detail. But yeah, tell us what was one thing you got from last week's episode. Uh, Elizabeth, you want to go first? <laughs> okay. Um, I guess one thing that I definitely took away was love being a sacrifice. So it's not for ourselves. It's not self-seeking. Obviously, that's in the Bible as well, but we'll get into that later. But um, yeah, and you're putting yourself on the line for somebody every single time. It's literally like that decision that you have to keep making and um, sacrifice. Like you're not going into it with, oh, what can I get out of it? It's how can I serve best? And that's the model of um, of what we believe is, is as Christians as well, that Christ put himself on the line for us as he came as a servant king gave the ultimate price for us and then that's us again dying to self that sacrifice of love for someone else my biggest takeaway was that love is a it's a feeling second like the the feeling part is like a secondary part of it but the main thing is that love is a choice um and it's a choice that you make every single day with every single interaction with every single argument disagreement love is something that you choose to do so it's an action first and a feeling second um, that was my biggest takeaway. My biggest takeaway was that love is something that we need to constantly, constantly study. So before doing the episode, I was like, oh, let me just get, do a quick recap on, you know, what I know about love and what I think about love and what the Bible says about love. And I just like, I came to the realization that this is not something that I can just study one day and be like, oh yeah, I know the definition of love. I know love. I know it in its entirety. It's something that I have to practice and understand daily because life changes and different and there's different situations I'll find myself in and environments I'll be in where I will need to again like rehash my understanding of love and how to act it out in that situation love is something that we need to study like we study every other thing or other things I feel like that's what love is it's something that is ongoing it's not just this thing that happens one time you meet someone or you're in a certain situation and boom there's love but it's something that like it's so constant it's ongoing and when we change like the way we love might change but that's why it's something that we just have to keep on sort of living in so I just realized it was just it's a constant and it's something that I constantly need to be aware of but I wanted to get everyone's views on love at first sight what do you guys think about love at first sight am I and actually my opinion has changed since last time but yeah what do you guys think about love at first sight? yeah a little bit a little bit <laughs> but yes yeah, love at first sight is it is it a thing um I believe that it's possible I believe that um yeah I believe it's possible because I think yeah long story short because I can talk for Britain but I believe it's possible not the Hollywood version 
but I believe it's possible. Yeah, I was going to say the Hollywood version from my side is a scam. Like, run away. If Hollywood tells you it's love at first sight, literally, what is it like? Okay, someone will literally like open a door, walk into a room or walk across the street or, you know, she fell over and she tripped over and her coffee was in her hand and then it flew up and then some guy comes out of nowhere and catches the coffee and then catches her in the other hand. And then, you know, they go off and get married. And I'm like, what kind of nonsense is this? Like, they've been feeding us for how long? (laughs) So, yeah, from that side, I think it's a scam. But then based on what we spoke about in terms of um, being directed to marry a certain person and then falling in love, even looking actually at arranged marriages and stuff, like it's not necessarily mm, love at first sight, but I don't know. I think it's a fine line between lust at first sight. So that's why I'm I'm on the more sceptical side. Um, yeah, so last time I was just like, no, it doesn't exist. It can't happen. But then I kind of, well, I did a bit of like, I don't know, thinking, and I feel like it's it's possible to admire or be attracted to someone at first sight. And whether that's like spiritually attracted or whether it's like, oh, you know, it was divine. You guys were meant to be together. Whatever the case may be, I think that there's there's a feeling that can feel much like love. But I still do think that it's the decision to continue on in that feeling and grow in in love. Like I don't, like I said, because I think love is such a constant. I think it's impossible to literally see someone and be like, "Oh my gosh, you're the one," and then it's just I don't I don't see how that's possible because I can I can see you and think, "Oh my gosh, like this is the person for whatever reason," and then tomorrow act act a fool in front of you, and, and then the thing is over. So I think it, it, I still feel like the actual love part takes more than just that time. But I do think it's possible to I don't know to to see someone or to interact with someone at first sight and be like, this is Wait, this is though. wait, though. Just came to mind. Because I was thinking, wait, is love at first sight even biblical? And it actually is. Adam, when he first saw Eve, what did he, was the first mm-hmm. thing he said to her? God didn't even need to say too much, this is your wife. Nope. <laughs> He's the one, he said, bone of my, he made big, big love That's declarations to her first sight. <laughs> okay. So I believe that it's actually possible done God's way, right? Because, mm. yeah, I don't, like I said, I don't believe in the Hollywood version, but I do believe yeah. that love that is possible when you meet that person and you know, like there's something in you, innate in you that just knows you can love that person. But I believe you grow in love. I don't believe you fall in love. I believe you can grow in love with that person. Um, so, yeah, just a little but then- on that side as well, actually, because um, if we're looking at love at first sight, are we looking at it literally like you see someone who like, that's the one or you've spoken to them and then, you know, because why I say that is like you could see someone that they might not be, they might be already married or they might be, they might not feel the same way. So that's why I'm like, ah, can you really look at someone and be like, that's the one, it's my Adam. Like, <laughs> and also, because you said, you said that when Adam saw Eve, he was like, that's my wife. But I feel like that wasn't necessarily love at first sight. That was agreement. Like he knew in his spirit that that was his wife, but he hadn't shown her anything to, to indicate that he loved her, really. Because he well, just, he just saying that he was what, satisfied with the sight of her. He didn't look like any of the other animals. What would be an indication of that Crisis he loved of her? elimination. <laughs> what would have been the indication that he loved her then? Because then the he has to break what that look like. What what is the action? They didn't have. They didn't even get married. Like they didn't. So what would be the indication? Well, they were married in God's eyes, like God's way. True, that's yeah. true. And like true. how he how he nurtured her, how he protected her, how they how they continued on in their in their walk. It would have been like how, it was what he did next. Because if he said, "Oh, you are my wife," and then he dragged her across the floor, and I was like, "Now go into my lair." That's he doesn't love us. He's not. <laughs> 
So he had to show it in what he did next and how he, do you know, how they walked it out. That was that was how he matched his actions with, and his words. Yeah, but that's so that's but that that is basically saying that he enacted the act of love. That doesn't rule out the fact that he could have actually innately felt that love first in his heart and in like agreed in his members and then decided to act that out with the actions that followed. Because like, likewise, a man can't come to you and say, yeah, I love you and then be knocking you around. Like, that's not love. We know right. that. I'm sorry. Um, but in the same way, we know that like for God so loved the world, he gave. The love came before the the, 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 the truth, man. Right? So yeah. So how do you know? Okay, so follow up question. So if we're saying that actually it's possible to love someone before and then you act out after, how how do we differentiate them? Because we did talk about, you know, there's a Hollywood image of love at first sight and then there's the image that we believe is possible or some of us believe is possible. Then how do you differentiate between the two? Because the two, if we've described them the same way, it's a feeling that happens. So then what? where does the difference come in? Um, I think for I would say like one question that I usually ask myself is why do you love this person? Mm. You have to finish your reasoning because if everything is if everything is like a physical oh I like his eyes I like his hair the way he smells the way he walks into the room like sis you're you're you got a crush you're you're, you're infatuated <laughs> yeah right but then if you're looking at the character of that person and that's mm. not something you may start shouting up and down like I love him like. It, I've 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 been I've seen experience I've seen scenarios where like people be like no I, I love this person I'm not in love but I love this mm. person I love what I can see so far I love this character um and that in itself is kind of the encourager to go further to explore more to get to know the person even more um so that's the way I think it it would work essentially hopefully that answers the question what about you Elizabeth what do you think can you repeat it I was saying, what's the difference between love at first sight as we know it in terms of Hollywood and like kind of like it's, it's immediate feeling or yeah, that kind of like fireworks and all that kind of stuff. What's the difference between that and the, the love at first sight that Christine's described where she feels like mm. it is possible, like Adam loved Eve at the beginning and then they walked it out. What, how do we tell the difference? Because then it's like, I guess someone's question would be, well, you're saying that Hollywood's one doesn't exist, but what dif- what's the difference between one and the other? If you say it can happen, then it's... It's still a feeling, isn't it, that happens instantly yeah. and gets acted out? I guess going back off, off the back of what Christine said, but like if I come from like a biblical perspective, if we look at how like Adam saw his wife, God presented Eve. So there's the difference between the two, I think, is just where God is. Like God is in one, mm. God is in the other. In Hollywood, it's very much man-made, it's manufactured, it's yeah. this has to be there for this to happen, X, Y, Z, blah, blah, blah. But with God, it's literally a series of just intricately planned events. Like it was it was never by accident falling in love in Hollywood's definition is by accident it's by chance like you could have been one minute late for the train and you'd never see that person in your life and then that's it like you know but in the biblical perspective it was planned it was like okay man should not be alone I'm gonna put you to sleep I'm gonna take one of your ribs and then I'm gonna turn it into a a companion that's suitable for you because it's not like there wasn't he wasn't well he was obviously lonely intellectually and stuff because he can't sit there you know having a chat with and a lion this is it because he presented all the animals he's like name them but there was no helper found comparable which implies that okay there was a bit of a hmm, can this work and it was like no yeah. so but i think even the hollywood version is so based on emotions and how you feel and following your heart and 
that's not unbiblical because the Bible tells us that the heart is desperately wicked and that yeah. you can be led astray in essentially yeah. by your emotions. And we all know that like one day you can fill up, one day you can feel down, one day you can feel like you can watch a film and the film changes you emotionally. Like you feel yeah. sad during that film or you feel happy during that film or you feel motivated. And then two days later you forget about it. So um, emotions go up and down, up and down. So if we're going to base that kind of falling in love just on emotion, it's not going to last. It's not right. sustainable at all. So I think, yeah, it's the sustainability as well. Like going back to what Christine was saying um, about, um, yeah, basically going back to what Christine was saying, like, and I think it links in with sustainability, which one has longevity. Yeah. And I think also just taking from what, what you guys have said is that basically even though you can have feelings for someone at, at first sight and they and those feelings aren't diminished, mm. it then takes further action. So I don't think acting straight ac across, like seeing someone and saying, oh my gosh, I think I love you or I love you, whatever the case may be, I feel a certain way, doesn't necessarily mean then, okay, so that means tomorrow we're getting married. I think it still needs the, the after work. Otherwise, problems can ensue. Um, okay, so moving swiftly. Just want to just jump back in. Okay, and okay, go on. Into mind is... um. Read Solomon, like read the songs of Solomon, because it's 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 interesting. But <laughs> one thing it says is that don't don't awake love, awaken love before. before it's time. So you may know in your heart that you love this person. Yeah, that doesn't mean you should go. Wisdom will tell you that doesn't mean you should go and not be love bombing them up and down and be shouting. I love yeah. you. I love you. Just hold your yeah. peace sit with it. Sit with it and really allow test it. Make sure that this is really love. This is the biblical love. Um, that 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 comes before sacrifice mm. that comes before the, the decision to walk in all of the things that um first corinthians 13 is talking about because that's how you know whether it's real or not that's how yeah. you know whether you're even are do you really love that person does that person really love you like that's the way you test it um and it's as we were talking it's kind of made me realize that you know the hollywood version of love at first sight is actually borrowed taken from god yeah. it's just perverted it's a perverted version of god's original design right. um and that's basically it as well one has discernment the other doesn't like when it's yeah you would discern if this person is really your spouse yes. because i'm not gonna lie like how many times have we seen people go up to someone in church like you know <laughs> i prophesy the lord said that you're my wife like and imagine <laughs> carried away by that like what kind of madness would that be so discernment is key 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 ask for wisdom the bible says ask for wisdom i'll give liberally without reproach right. ask for wisdom 50 hundred times it's fine but please don't walk in blind to anything so that's why i'm like it's literally like i feel like hollywood version is going in blind and um, case there are whatever will be will be, be. Yeah, for sure, for sure. yeah and i think that leads into like the whole like the situationships and the and you know when you when the a lot of the narrative is whole oh, relationships are confusing or love is confusing or you get into certain situations and it's like oh why am I in this oh because well that's just what it is isn't it love is confusing love is actually not confusing if you think about it like love has been pre-designed I think one of the things is that we have now wanted to take something that was already exist in existence before us and redefine it we want to be the authors of something that we didn't create and so when we put our hands on something that already has a definition and try to redefine it of course it's going to be confusing because we're we're literally turning something upside down but love in itself is actually actually very <laughs> it's very clear it's challenging and I think if you go through the whole of, of um Corinthians 13 like we would like to talk about Corinthians 13 and then you know we get to love is patient love is kind sometimes love we'll talk about like oh love doesn't keep records of wrongs and we 
I barely hear any in any wedding ceremony or any poem do we get to the right to the end of it because there's so much that love is is made of and some of those things are challenging things it's actually yeah. really challenging but yeah. we don't want it's almost like we want to negate the challenge and we just want the oh love is patient love is kind and it's like love is multi-dimensional there's so many different aspects to it you've got like okay the love word but there are so many different facets to it and i mm. think what the world has done and like you said taking it and perverted it it's kind of taken the covenant bit and the bit that god has designed how god has designed it to be so intricate and has just said okay we're going to package it up because we don't want to conform to this we don't want to go by these rules we don't want to forgive we don't want to bear all things we don't want to believe all things so we will package it up to how we what's convenient for us it's like right. sugar-coated version because love is not easy if we're thinking for keeping mm. it's like love is not sweet it's not mm. sweet all the time or <laughs> not sweet at all. sometimes mm. it's hard especially okay say you had an argument with your spouse in that moment you are annoyed you are annoyed but because of the biblical love that you have for them right. if it's a world thing you're just like you know what? i'm out deuces see you later yeah. like that kind mm. of thing so not honestly it's multi-dimensional but one of the biggest things you know me i like my uh, letter words the f word forgiveness like it's right. <laughs> biggest biggest parts of it um and that's a lot of it bearing all things not keeping records of wrongs not being rude how many times have we heard like all experience like oh you have an argument with that oh but you did that like three weeks ago and so it's like but nobody said anything about yeah. that at the time. Like, keeping records he has assaulted me <laughs> and i think that's again we're doing it in the wrong way and this is why we have to go through the bible because it's like you were saying steph it's the template it is where that's where we start and then God will continue to like unfold it to each and every one of us. We get personal revelation. This is how you love this specific person that I put you in their lives. I don't like love languages. I'm not going to lie because. Neither do I. Neither do I. Yeah. Amen. Thank God. Neither do oh. I. Oh my gosh, we're all in agreement. We're all in agreement. Oh, I'm looking for love languages. It's so, oh, these five things and it's just that. And then it's so religious without being yeah. religious. What's, because what's your like, love language? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, love me this way, or you don't love me. Oh, please be quiet. It's not exactly, exactly. Because love is transient. We need them all. We need them all. That's the thing that actually need them all. I I dare a man to call me to like buy me gifts, and you call me Christine. Nah, you wanna fight? Essentially, what you're saying. (laughs) (laughs) I love being called pet names. Don't call. That's not her name. Like I was so confused. So you want to call you baby, sweetie, honey, darling, yeah. basically. It's really yes. hard to find. I mean, darling, baby girl. Okay. That's, yeah, that's why. I got you. <laughs> so I've got a question for you guys. I've, I've been doing a lot of thinking about kind of the introduction to love, like the introduction to love that we get, not just, not from God, but I'm, I'm meaning in our everyday sort of like our upbringing and stuff like that. If you could describe like your introduction to love in the most succinct way, how would you describe your introduction to love? Oh, Steph. Just got yeah, I got to do it. Just had to. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying you have to give you have to talk about like, oh, this is the scenario that happened, but more so just how would you describe your introduction to love? Like how did you come to understand love at the point that you are now? What what was that? What did that look like? It's hmm. a very juicy question. <laughs> <laughs> I think. It, it's been a journey. I think I only really start to understand what love is maybe in the last two, three years. Um, and, and that's understand it and walk it out. Growing up, I didn't have, 
I've always said like growing up I didn't have the example right Stephanie you know like I didn't I didn't have that example so I was always I'm an I'm an I'm an imaginary imaginary like I use my imagination a lot so I grew up imagining like what does love actually look like Mm -hmm. because the only love I really could relate to was the love from a mother to a daughter um that's the only love I really understood and I know like the love between a man and a woman I had no idea of what that looked like. I had no idea like what it was, what it wasn't, because I didn't see it. Um, so I spent a lot of time wondering like, what does it look like? I accepted a lot of crap because I didn't actually understand what love was, even in you know your younger years. I had no idea. Um, so it's only in like the last two, three years I could say that I actually am in a place where it's like, no, I know what love is, but I think most importantly, I know what love is not. Right. Um, and And I'm able to now navigate with that kind of compass, like, no, biblically this is what love is love is not sex love is not mm-hmm. abuse love is not um you know disrespect it's not rude it's not all of these things like this this is what love is um and most importantly who can give me that love in its entirety all mm-hmm. the time without ever skipping a beat without ever being off the only person is jesus that's that's, that's where i'm at now mm-hmm. oh gosh that's really difficult that one um I think so growing up like I grew up with like both my parents in the house married so I saw their marriage but coming again from a Nigerian background as well they were very like you know how Nigerian men are like very like they don't want to show affection that kind of thing so it was very much like really quite a rigid way of love that I understood when I was growing up so it's not until similar to Christine, I guess, maybe the past few years. But when I say the past few years, because I've, I've grown up in this Christian household, but it was only like since the pandemic, like really understanding what true love and intimacy looks like, getting that picture. I know you said, oh, what's it look like from a, not not like a biblical perspective, but I can't really speak from that because it's always been like, mm. okay, this is what it looks like, love and intimacy defined by God. And then, okay, that, that's what I will use to look at all my other relationships, to assess all my other relationships. To be honest, love is not just between man and woman. Love, you love your friends. Like there's filial right. love. That's, that's literally yeah, brethren, yeah. your brethren. And I think about like my, my closest friends now and I'm like, wow, okay. So I didn't know what friendship love was, mm-hmm. was before because I had yeah. people that literally were just tolerating me or they were like in a space of, they didn't want to see me the best version of myself. And so when I I changed is what people will tell you is that I changed, but it's like, no, actually I found myself and it was friends that led me to that through, through walking together with Christ. But that's when I saw what, oh, sisters in Christ, sisterly love, like there's nothing that, can, well, apart from obviously the love between Jesus and you, but then you'll start to start looking at all your other relationships through that lens because I'm not being mean, like I'm not mean, I promise, like, but a lot of my friendships fell off and like, mm-hmm. my friends say like, I cull, but I don't cull. I just allow, like, if, you, if you're if drifting, if you want to go, that's fine. Like I will, I will bless you and I'll keep you in prayer <laughs> yes. and it's fine. But yeah, so it's, I'm, I'm learning to hold things loosely because that's what God has used to teach me. And yeah even friends that will tell me how it is that's that's mm. that's good like yeah, I have yeah. been so like sometimes cut to the heart by what a real true friend has said but then realized later that actually because Jesus says I chastise those who do I love so oh, in the God. same way my friends would do that and then I'd be expecting that from a spouse as well to tell me oh Elizabeth okay you're in a on a bit of one and I'd have to humble myself in that as well so sorry I'm going on a bit of a tangent but I'll leave it there 
I agree. I think I, I'm there asking a the question. Meanwhile, I haven't even. So for me, I would say like my my introduction to love, obviously coming from a similar background to, to Christine, it was uh, how do I describe it? Like there was a lot of I saw need as opposed to want, and I mm-hmm. then kind of equated love to need, and that's mm-hmm. kind of a narrative that we have anyway. Like oh, I need you, you complete me, and it's meant to sound really beautiful, and actually meant to, it's meant to be very like oh my gosh, I found my other half. You know, you complete the picture, but actually yeah. like. As I grew up, I realized that if someone needs me but doesn't want me, it's that's not love. Because I'm basically there to just fulfill what they need out of me. And once I can't fulfill that anymore, they're gone. I think yeah. I just came to realize that like when I was when I thought I love people, when I wanted things to work in, in situations where they shouldn't have, it was because I needed something from them. I needed to feel a certain way that I hadn't felt, you know, from in, in other situations. And so it was it was much more of just what I could get as opposed to what I could give. And then I, so I, I don't know, I think kind of getting to this point now is literally probably in the last couple of years, realizing that love is, is one, it's not need. Cause even with God, like when he made people, he didn't make them because he needed them because everything yeah. was already running how it needed to run. <laughs> he made them because he, he wanted them around because he, him being love meant that he just want, like he couldn't help but want to have people to share that with and that was a want though but that's that's not that's not romantic in in this in the sense that we are in now people when you say oh no I just I want you I don't need you it's like you don't need me but I understand (laughs) that now and I think coming from where I've come from and just seeing how how people around me how like the need to be with someone or the need to feel a certain way has played out in other people's lives and even sometimes in my life it's actually come to realize no if you want me around you will be intentional about keeping me around if you need me around you will suck me dry and disappear <laughs> and I will be left empty so I, I yeah, yeah I just think understanding the 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 want as opposed to the need has been really helpful for me do you know what that wants versus needs thing is really like quite an interesting one as well mm-hmm. because it's even it's it's so 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 deep because even okay the whole I need you I did it as human beings we can't lie we want to feel validated we want to yeah. feel useful we want yeah. to feel everybody wants to feel important like you go out there the messages right now are make something of yourself make the most mm-hmm. of your life like you want yeah. to feel like make your mark leave your yeah leave your legacy you know, leave your yeah. exactly yeah. so but it's the problem with it is that it's so susceptible to manipulation now that's where we get codependency and toxic mm. toxicity in relationships then because and then people feel like they can't leave because oh but you know how will I survive on my own because they've been conditioned to feel that I need this person to survive but ultimately we know that actually the only person that we should ever feel or the only one that we should ever feel that about is God mm-hmm. I need you to have breath in my lungs I need you to do this we should never ever be looking because the moment we put that person on that pedestal that's when we get into the whole idolatry thing and now that person becomes your be all end all and now when that person turns around and disappoints now it changes your view I remember um back in the day like with my old church actually we went out on the streets and just talking to people like about faith and stuff and I noticed that a lot of people were angry with God and I was like why but then I realized that every experience that people had 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 been because of something or somebody had it been involved in that way so as in they were angry because of an experience with someone. So I just feel like when things like that happen, it now changes our view of what love is. Each yeah. each bad each bad interaction, each bad in, um, or even a good one or whatever, but mostly like each bad experience that we have, it now changes it, distorts Maybe. it a little bit, and it's mm-hmm. no longer that. So mm-hmm. yeah, sorry, that wants and needs thing is is quite a interesting. 
I was going to say, Christine, when you were talking, you said something about you didn't know love from the perspective of man and wife, but you knew that you knew love from the perspective of mother and child. And one of the things I've been thinking of a lot recently is that love is is only defined one time. Like, yeah, there's different ways it's it's played out but essentially love is 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 the same for mother and child I feel like we don't place enough importance on actually working out love in those different situations so one of the, the main situations I would say or main frameworks is friendship like this is when you were saying that actually coming to see friendship and how it plays out and how and the, the love that is shared when it's it's on purpose I, I think it's so important because friendship is where you choose to love and we yeah. and a lot of us this is where the problem is is that we we make it we feel like love is is this thing that's just meant to happen to us as opposed to something that we walk in to and do on purpose but friendship is where you have to love on purpose because we're not collected by blood I don't have to see you at Christmas time if I don't want to so if you annoy me too much like, we can just call a day you know I shouldn't be friends anymore it's okay like we can walk away from each other but when you choose to work out that relationship that friendship you choose, you choose to see it grow and change you guys go through different situations that's where you actually see like intentional love played out and even I guess tying the two together like when before you marry someone and when you date that importance of actually having friendship where you do actually work out that love we don't we don't we don't talk about that a lot of time like now it's oh you meet someone oh yeah he's bae yeah oh yeah no we're really good friends what's good friends about what what makes it good friends you don't know because you spend most of the time in the bedroom like it's true <laughs> no but it's true like even when you watch certain programs it's like oh yeah we're such good friends but most of the scenes is them getting busy so it's like yeah. what what about this relationship show yeah where is the friendship because yeah. okay fair enough like all the all the physicality of it all the you're beautiful he's handsome all the let's go and find dates that that's not going to be enough when you're in a marriage that's meant to last you know what i'm saying like that's not going to be enough when there's hard times when there's no money to go on dates god forbid but like when you know when someone's too like the friendship is what keeps the marriage going and, and we don't emphasize friendship enough but yes we we find ourselves in friendships now and we and we do that and we do that work but i don't think it's something that's given like its own space to breathe yeah yeah I think for me it's more we first see that our first model of love and what love is what it looks like what it is and what it is not is laid by our parents whoever is like a god maybe our guardian whatever but it's laid by our parents those people that are in positions of authority over us they set the tone for even how we go into the friendship level of love like that's what it sets the tone for um And I think a lot of friendship, and you're right, like friendships are really, really important. But I think even in those friendships, if you don't know how to love, period, like you don't know, like in your house, example, all you see conflict resolution is 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 a is a fighting match, right? Mm. Is yelling. That's the same energy you're going to carry to your friends, right? Yeah. Yeah. I was going to even just personally for me, I have learned a lot from just my friendships for the past two years that I will be taking into marriage. Like Absolutely. very important things to even little silly things like Elizabeth, learn how to share food. If your friend asks for your chips, like, like honestly, I have changed. I've really changed. The thing I'm hearing, women are like, I need to learn to share food. My friend over there, she recently got married and she's like, oh, I realise I don't like to share food. I'm like, uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> These are small things, but they make such a huge difference. They do. And it's something that I would have never thought before, like, because it was just me and my brother growing up. Like, I never needed to share food. Everybody has their own. So I was like, you have your own plate. Like, this, that. But it's, it was learning the action behind it. It's not necessarily, it's not about the food. It's about the action of being willing to share, being willing right. to let go, being willing to put myself on the side. Okay. My cheesecake came with the one, one tiny little biscoff on top. There's only one biscuit, 
I will have to give it to you. But then I learned to give up something that I love for somebody else. Is that not compromise? Is that not sacrifice in the basic, tiniest way? But you build up because we can't learn like the important stuff without getting the basics right in the first place. Right. That's true. And the basics, do they, they come from, I think, an understanding of the importance of, of reflection. And so I was reading, obviously, doing a bit of Bible study, and I was reading about the greatest commandments, you know, when the Pharisee came to Jesus and was like, oh, what's the most important commandment? And he was like, love God with all your heart, mind, soul, strength, and then also love people, or love your neighbor as you love yourself. And like normally when I think about it, I'm like, yes, you know, love God with all your mind, that's, that's the greatest commandment. And then he said, love people. And and I you you kind of forget the love as you love yourself. You just go straight to the like, oh yeah, he said, love neighbors, love your people sort of thing. But I don't know, today, like I've, I've, I found myself stuck on the love your love your neighbor as you love yourself part. And it just made me think like, there was a reason why he said the love yourself part. And I, and I don't know, I don't know if this is the correct way to put it, but I feel like sometimes we don't necessarily complete the work of loving ourselves through the through the lens of our creator before going out and trying to love others i feel like this is christian and non-christian because like as, as christians you can hear love love other people other people and like whether or not you have the wholeness from yourself you're still like i can just love people i'm just gonna i'm gonna work in the in you know gonna help the poor i'm gonna buy food i'm like you do a lot of action 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 that shows that you love people but it's yeah. sometimes it's coming from an empty place and so i wanted to ask you guys how does that self-love happen in just a practical way? How does it happen for you guys? Or how has it happened? Um, for me personally, like it's it's a lot of it's a it's a daily thing. I was one of those people that I will run myself dry for everyone else, but really neglect myself. And I still really struggle with that. Not because I don't I wouldn't know, I don't know. It's hard for me to say I don't love myself because I, I feel like I do, but it's just that I I think it's a it's a process. Um for me, um, like currently, sometimes I give myself pep talks. Sometimes it's just a straight, Christine, you're going to be fine. Come on, pick yourself up, stop crying. You'll be okay. Come on. And I, I just replace the words that I say to myself. Because whereas before I would be very negative to myself, I try and replace those words with words that are affirming, with words of, you know, that bring life and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I think it's, it's just interesting because um, you're right, Stephanie. Like when the Bible says, like, love your neighbor as you love yourself, I think what he was actually trying to highlight is the fact that if you really check it, love you don't love yourselves. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. even if people talk about self-care now, a lot of it is just cute topical stuff that mm. like slaps a band-aid over like a gaping wound. Like, oh, you're not having a bad day, go and take a soak. Go and put mm. some Epsom salts in there. Go and have a foot, foot, just give yourself a foot rub. Like, no, you're not okay. You have trauma that you haven't dealt with. You need therapy. That's self-care. Mm. Like you need to be honest with yourself and say, hello, hi, you. You are the toxic friend. <laughs> Fix the name of Jesus. Like that's that, self-care. Acknowledge it. The man is not the problem, dear. You're just a man. That's that's a you problem. <laughs> You're crazy. Self-care. You're crazy. That's self-care. Sometimes self-care is not the cutesy stuff that we 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 market. We make yeah. it look pretty and we stick it on shelves and we sell it. That's not self-care. That's mm. that's typical stuff. That's ointment. The real self-care is the work that you do to, on yourself. Yeah. It's honesty. It's honesty. It's just being honest with yourself. Yeah. Call yourself. I call myself every day. Listen, I tell people, say, Christine, you are one lazy. <laughs> you are lazy. And you need to change it. Because you, I have a notes in my folder that literally says, for someone that does 
barely the bare minimum you sure do want a whole lot like sometimes i just have to talk to myself like that you want a whole lot for someone that doesn't do much like that's interesting let's see how that looks in 12 months sometimes you have to be that real with yourself and to me that's self that's self-love that's that's me loving myself because i do the exact same things with my friends yeah, for sure. and actually even what you just said about talking because this is what I was going to say and I'm glad that you went into it looking on the inside and inward reflection there's yeah. a verse in Psalms that says um, I think it's Psalms 139 23 to 24 um, search my heart know my anxious thoughts see if there's any wicked way within me and leave me, me away from fasting yeah. many times like you just said everybody else is the problem except for mm-hmm. me but the pattern is perpetuating and it always yeah. happens so then you have to start asking yourself, you start from the inside before you start. Jesus said, take the log out of wood out of your eye before yeah. you get the speck of dust in someone else's. And I, sometimes yeah. I sat down and I was like, wouldn't you want us to help others first? But it's actually, no, your own. You may even, no matter how you may see it, yours is still a log. You need to sort that out because we can't pour. Like I can't give something that I don't have. And I can't also go beyond my capacity as well. So if I'm saying to somebody, oh, I'm going to be there for you, I'm going to do all this, but at the detriment of myself, even what message is that subliminally sending to them? Right. But honestly, all that inward work and like the message, like you said, in the world at the moment, this self-love, go and take a soak, you know, go for a walk and stuff like that. It's good for like an introduction, but it will never, ever get below the surface of trauma. If something has happened, it's literally like, like putting makeup on, like at the Mm. end of the day, you're covering scars, but the scars are still going to be there. It's nothing like the scars aren't fading. They're not healing. Wounds aren't healing. It's literally like a topical thing. And um, something that I was going to say about asking your friends what they think you could work on is one of the hardest, hardest things to do, but it's part of self-reflection. This is why I I was saying earlier get the right people around you. Don't have yes men. Don't tell. I have people that were literally like, <laughs> the way I looked before, like I was like, hey, I was feeling myself. I was like, and then two of my closest friends now are like, yeah, Elizabeth, you didn't know how to dress before. When when I met you, what you were wearing was awful. I was like, ha, this is really hard. And literally, I'm telling you how many times I've argued back and I've said, no you guys are exaggerating you guys are exaggerating you guys are, but it's only now i come to a point and then i look back i'm like oh i see i just use that as an example like having the right people around you that have a heart and actually people that hear from god as well like, if we're keeping it yeah. stuck like I don't yeah. want because you can now go on Instagram or you can go on Facebook and oh guys, what do you think about me? And we know <laughs> people to bash you and to destroy your confidence. And you don't need that. You need people that will build you up. Okay, yeah, you don't like to share food, but they'll do this, that, and the other. Like people that will give you constructive criticism. Okay, this is um something that you don't do so well, but will this is how you work on it, or we'll pray about it for you. Yeah. And even like those kind of things, like, I'm not saying take everything that people tell you. Again, like, stuff that my friends have said to me, I've taken it away and I've gone, I prayed about it. There was a the time yeah. my friend said something. I can't even, this is how mad it is. I can't even remember what she said, but I just remember I was offended for a week. Didn't speak to her. And then I was like, okay, let me humble myself and pray. And then God got somebody else completely independent to come and give me the same word, yeah. but say it in a different way. And I was like, oh, oh, okay, this is what you meant. But I wasn't in the right place to hear it because it hurt. But you need friends like that, that will, even if it hurts, they're going to be like, okay, I will give you that space. You need to work on it. 
but you need to hear this. You need to hear it. So yeah. Inward, inward, working on the inward is so much more important because even Jesus is talking about washing the inside and then the outside will be clean. It's this this literally what what that transformation process is for us. We start on the inside, everything else becomes easy because when you're only working on the outer appearance, you've got to keep doing the work. You've got to keep doing the work. Oh, somebody tells me that, oh, buy new clothes. Okay, I have to keep going to them to ask them, will this fit me? Does this fit me? But if you work on the inside and you change your perspective and you change the way you see, oh, well, God changes the way you see yourself. You start to believe what he says. Like mm. you said about pep talks, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. When the enemy is telling you, ah, oh, you can't do this, you can't do that, you look like this, blah, blah, blah. He knit me together. I like he, he he loves me ferociously. All these truths and affirmations that come from the Bible, when you start to read them, you're like, okay, this is he's right. right. Yeah. The Bible says, let God be true and every man a liar, including yourself. Right. There's some stuff that I've said to myself that I'm like, shut up, shut up, shut up. <laughs> and let will tell you what he thinks about that. So yeah. it would work like more than anything. And then the outside will change. Yeah. yeah. I think also like for me, one of the things I think is very important is accountability. And that's accountability, obviously, first and foremost to God, but also accountability to, to myself and then having friends that I can also be accountable to because I feel like if I'm a, a lot of the time, and this is one of the things that like it really gets me when it comes to like relationship breakdown and, and a lot of the time we're like, oh, you know, he did this or she did that sort of thing. Like, but it's it, it's hard to it's harder to be like, actually, but what did I do? I think the biggest growth comes from okay but what did I do what did I do that even led me to even if even if two things can be true the person kind of can have done a whole bunch of things and that things they shouldn't have done and things that broke me but also what did I do accountability is is partnership with repentance like when I when I know that actually I had a part to play even if it was a bad situation that someone did to me I know there might have been a part that I had to play on some occasion you are just walking into something blindly and you really had no idea but a lot of the time like there is an inkling or there's something that made me walk into something because there was a need that I wanted to take away from God and give to someone else like there was, I might have felt insecure, I might have felt lonely, I might have felt ugly and I wanted to feel pretty or whatever the case may be. And I took that away from God filling me up fully and wholly. And I, I put that at the foot of a man. I put that at the foot of clothes. I put that at the foot of Instagram and, and Instagram broke me or a man broke me or clothes broke me or clothes can't break me. But you know what I mean? Like it's wild to me, like how, you know, these days that like, we idolize marriage. Hence the reason why it's, it, everything's so expensive because it's so idolized. We we love to see the dresses. We love to see the this. We love, we, it's, idolatry because if you think about like the work that it goes on after and that's needed we bet like barely do we get into that it's, and a lot of the time like we won't take accountability for that when there's a breakdown that comes from all of the idolatry we won't take accountability and say lord i'm sorry or you know steph you what was your part to play in this and how do i change it around and i feel like if there's no accountability then nothing changes it's i was it einstein that said insanity is doing the same thing over and over again expecting different results if i'm constantly finding one madman making him my boyfriend he hurts me i then find a second madman to make him my boyfriend he hurts me i find a third madman and make him my boyfriend it's like and every time i come out of that madman and boyfriend i'm like he was such a madman can't believe he did this to me i go back again i come back he was such a madman i can't believe he did this to me but never am i saying why do i keep walking into situations with madmen what is it that makes me keep doing that? They're showing me signs that they're crazy. Probably. Let's keep it real. There is always an indication there. Do you know what I'm saying? So I feel like when we walk into those situations time and time again, but we don't take the time to be like, why am I constantly going into the situation? What do I need? That's insanity. And it is because I'm expecting a different result from the next time, but I'm doing the same thing because I won't tell myself the truth. Because I think honesty is really important and honesty is a part of love and, and accountability is all a part of love. It's loving yourself. And I feel like, when Jesus was like, love other your neighbors as you love yourself, he was, like you said, making a point, like, 
do the work to love yourself, not just to tell yourself you're wonderful or look in the mirror and say, I'm perfect, I'm whole, I'm enough, to do the actual work. And that work comes from submission. That comes from humility. Like you said, hearing from other people that say, "Eh, sis, that thing you're doing, not too sure. That comes from looking and saying, actually, that situation was partly me and partly them. Like, it's important to have that all happen. And I just think that there's work to be done. And yeah, I feel like that's what I've come to realize, especially when it comes to love, there's work to be done. Quick question. Have you guys ever been in love? And if so, how has your idea of love changed? And how does that influence the way that you do relationships now? And that's that could be, obviously the being in love is romantic, but like how does your idea of love coming from that situation change how you view love or do love in relationships now? I was really hoping that this one wouldn't come back. I'm not gonna oh, lie. But it's, oh my God, oh, it's Stephanie, of course it's gonna come back. Exactly. Come on now, this was the juicy one. Do you wanna well, go first? Oh yeah, yeah. Because mine will be shorter anyway. My answer is no, <laughs> because I thought I like I thought if at the time I would have told you yes, but upon reflection, coming out of it, evaluating, lots of tears and stuff. But I was like, no, I haven't. And it, like we talked earlier about, like knowing what God's love is, will be the barometer for telling you what love you should accept from other people, what love you should be giving. And that's that's kind of what I came out of it learning. What I will say, nothing is wasted. And I did learn what love is not out of that. I learned that love doesn't shout at you. Love doesn't flare up. Love doesn't go like a literally what Steph just said, madman, mad person. Like, like literally, for, you just look back, but I'm like, do you know what? But how I also know that I've also grown in love is that I've learned to forgive. I learned to let go. I, I don't go out around and bash. I don't, because we had mutual friends and a lot of people that I could have actually been vindictive and I could have said, I'm going to turn all these people against you. So that's how I learned. God used that, turn that situation around to teach me what love is, but then also learning what love wasn't. Yeah, I've been in love. Um, what it taught me again was how to forgive, similar to um, Elizabeth, like how to forgive, how to, um, like the workings of of building like a solid love where you accept, where you see the person's faults and you under, and this is where I have this philosophy, right? Everybody is mad, right? But the fact is, is that marriage is about you finding that person whose madness, it gels with your own madness. And then together you go and love each other madly in the name of Jesus. Like that's exactly what marriage is essentially. It's finding that person where it's like, your madness, I can't tolerate it. My own madness, you can tolerate it. We can tolerate each other's madness and we can love each other in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. That's marriage. Um, And I learned that in the relationship. How I would do it differently, though, I think one of the things that I really, really like, it was only after I left the relationship that I look back and I realize is that it is very, very easy to, like Stephanie said, idolatry where that person, that relationship becomes your idol. It becomes the golden calf that you dance around. It becomes the the the, the molten image that you sacrifice to. Um, and you and what we do, what I did is I drag God along and say, bless it in the name of Jesus. And I won't speak to you until there's a problem, but bless this thing and make it pleasing in your sight. Use this thing to, to touch many I'm probably not going to speak to you until there's a problem, but besides the point, bless it in the name of Jesus. And, and that's not the way things work. Um, when he says that they have no other God beside me, like he meant it. 
and idolatry is not even just like we look at sometimes we read the old testament with a very judgmental lens like oh my god how could they do that like how could they have other how could they have idols he literally said serve no other god beside me like how could they have idols but the fact is that an idol is not uh, a golden calf an idol is not a big statue that you've burned your jewelry to make like an idol can be is the very thing that in your mind you believe that your happiness your worth everything that is you stems from this thing Yep. it's taken the place of god that's now an idol it's the thing that you cannot stop thinking about it comes before but like and someone said and this is what convicted me is that the first thing you do when you wake up will show you where your priority is and coming out of that relationship i then started it was it was an ending that should have actually damaged me but it's actually something that God used to drive me closer to himself. And I became one of those girls that you leave a relationship and it's like, I'm just, just me and God. Like, that's exactly what I did. <laughs> Cringe, but it actually worked. Like it was the best thing that could have happened because I took that energy that I put into that relationship and I transferred it right to God. Mm. It's like, okay, if I speak to him every single day, all right, God, I'm gonna speak to you every single day. If I tell him certain things, I'm gonna tell you now, God. Like everything that he used to do, you're gonna do that now. Everything he used to be to me, you're gonna be that. And it wasn't in a... And like, there was no animosity. There was no, not on my part, no animosity, no nothing. It's just like, it didn't work. So it is, is what it is. In hindsight, I now see that that's not what, I wouldn't have been entirely happy. And I look at God and I'm like, you know, the God that sees things from the beginning to the end and knows me better than I know myself. Sometimes God will not give you what you want, but he'll give you what he, what he knows you need because he knows the finished version of you. Like he knows the version that he, he intended you to be. So he will give you things in line with this is who you are. He didn't call Gideon like a runt. He called Gideon a mighty man of valor. Gideon said, no, I'm the weakest of the clan and I'm the weakest of the, the family. Like this is, I can't do it but god knows who we are way before anyone had an opinion way before even we had an opinion so coming out of that relationship it was just a case of transferring that energy the the focus and just shifting it to god and i actually spent the whole of last year i said god i don't have any plans for the year um i've tried everything and nothing works my only aim for this year is to fall in love with you because i realized i didn't actually love god i didn't trust him i didn't really know him i knew of him i knew of him I heard of him, I may have experienced him and then ran away, but ultimately I didn't know him, didn't trust him. Did I can't, and because of that, I can't say I love you. So it was like, okay, I'm gonna fall in love with you this year. And that's what I did. Um, and it was one of the best, best experiences of my life. So yeah, it just, it made me more hyper aware of idolatry. And ultimately for me personally, I know it's a, it's a thing because like, I didn't grow up having a father around. I didn't grow up having, um, seeing marriage in that sense my mom was an amazing mother so she gave me everything else but the one thing she couldn't give me is one of the things that stuck with me even till today it's just that I want a family like I want to I want a, a two-parent household so if I didn't have it well my kids are gonna have it by force so if I don't see Mr. Right I'm gonna take Mr. Left and drag that guy to the right and we're gonna make it work <laughs> in the name of Jesus but now it's like okay God this very desire purify it this thing that I want, I'm not going to deny I want it because I want it is what it is like, but purify it. And that's also a form of self-love, being honest with yourself, being honest with your weaknesses, being honest with the how your past has, has affected the person that you are now, because God knows. So it's just kind of like, there's no need lying. There's no need hiding it. If you re if you think that the club was more fun than than Christianity is, tell God, like, God, I really want to do this Christianity thing, but I'm not going to lie. The world was more fun. <laughs> like, be honest. Like, that's just the best thing you can do. So now my journey of love is more falling in love with him, falling in love with God, 
and and understanding my place in his kingdom and and my role ultimately in his kingdom and that's been it's been the best experience ever oh, i love that that's so beautiful even this thing that you said about going to drag someone and drag them and be like yo god bless this thing like we've all been there i've done it that's that's how my my last um, relationship was that's how it ended because literally it was oh okay well this is i settled i was like well this is the best that i can do well you know it was just it is what it is you know like we love to say <laughs> and the madness that i put up with i look back and i'm like and i was praying i was like god you know when it when it went wrong when it was going wrong oh god you know it's always oh. when it's going wrong in it, <laughs> this is, this is it. That's when you come back to the altar that's when you remember where your bible is that's when you blow yep. the dust off the cover like no i was like i was i look back at myself if i could travel back in time the kind of dirty slap i would give myself like that's when you know when you hit google and you type the problem in like what do i do <laughs> what does the bible say about and then you add as a christian you have to add as a christian christian perspective on a this failing relationship honestly but then it's failing for and we talked about this last time actually we want to we go out and we see this in the bible as well going out and presenting god with something that he didn't send he doesn't have dominion on it because, and he doesn't have any remit. And actually he's, he's completely like far removed from it. He's like, okay, well you do what you want. We look at Romans one. He told them the right thing to do. They didn't want to do it. So he gave them over to a reprobate mind praying, Oh God, you know, if this relationship is, and I prayed this, Oh, if this relationship isn't for me, take it away. Did he take it away? No. Like I was still looking in it. He was just looking at me. Girl. It's my eye. Yeah. It's looking at you like that. That's literally like what it was. Because it's yeah. like, I created this thing. I fabricated this thing. Man's hands are all over it. Like as in man, human's hands are all over yeah. it. It's yeah. got nothing yeah. to do with God. But then how can I create something and then be like, oh yeah, God, we made a little like square for you to come and sit down. Like it's supposed to be his Here's desire. Here's your corner. Have fun in it's that. Corner. <laughs> corner. Exactly. Like, you know, but it's like, I was supposed to, we take relationship from him. And then we like, I love what you just said about purifying that desire because we have that desire. Of yeah. course, like if you don't have the desire, fantastic, because we're all like, as long as your desire is to serve the Lord, he will purify whatever that desire Amen. is. But when the moment yeah. we decide, oh, take matters into our own hands, I think of and idolatry, that message, like pff, think of Abraham and his son, Isaac, when God was like, okay, that son, Isaac, whom you love, you know, he told him about three yeah. times, to make sure it's not going to go and collect Ishmael, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to be clear, the one that you love, the one, yeah. Bring like, be ready to say. And if you can't, like, if I think, okay, I'm in this relationship, hmm, and God says, okay, can I put it on the altar? If you cannot put it on the altar, if you're like, oh, but you know, I'm fey. Oh, all my friends are getting married. Everybody's doing relationship goals, vacation. You know, I can't let this go. Like, what if I'm alone? What if? It's an idol because you've it's now an you don't trust God. And that's how I was. I didn't trust God enough to bring me the person of my dreams. And again, that boiled down to my self-worth. That boiled down to me not caring about myself and not looking on the inwards and not doing the work um, that I needed to do to see myself through God's lens. lens. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. And I think when the thing about idols is that what you create, you have to sustain. And oh. we were never built to sustain our own God. Oh. We were never, ever, ever built to sustain. We like 
we can't do it. The fact of the matter is that Stephanie said it earlier, God doesn't need us. Doesn't. If we don't praise him, stones will. Mm. Creation currently is still testifying that he lives and he is mm. God. So he doesn't need us. He created us out of excess. Like there's just mm. too much goodness that he just had to, oh, he let, me had share to. It. Like, let me just share it. <laughs> you know, so when we create a God for ourselves, we have to sustain it. And that's how we run into things where we're tired, where we're running on empty, where we're running on fumes because our energy is built sustaining this thing, keeping it going. And we were Damn. never built to do that. And I, I think we said it like in the last time we spoke, it was like, I made the point where, you know, the best thing you can do, don't get into a relationship. And then in month two, three, or at the first argument, you now start bringing God, like God, 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 check it, check it. Like if this is the man, show me. Nah, you've already gone for like a lot of testimony. Someone said it, like a lot of people are testifying, like, oh God, you brought me through. I'm testifying. And God is like, I never sent you there in the first place. <laughs> I don't need <laughs> out, I'm good. I never ever sent you there in the first place. But even when we do that, I feel like we drag God's reputation because if we're now doing something imperfectly and we're saying, yeah, God's all over this, but you're seeing all sorts of nonsense in it. Now people are looking out from the outside in. Okay, so look at the statistics about marriage breakdowns, Christian versus non-Christian. It's now become a joke because it's like, but you, man, are supposed to have Jesus and the Bible and doing all that Jesus stuff and going to church on a Sunday and, you know, practicing abstinence but we're all the same you know our statistics are coming out the same but it should not be so and it's like we when we're doing stuff outside of god's will and now we're so quick to be like oh but you know god bless me hallelujah like but not actually going back to the source and being checking that is him i'm not gonna lie people this might shock some people's system satan can bless you you know satan can bless you please believe it and but the only thing is that that blessing will now kill you that's all that's all. If I give a three-year-old a skateboard and I put them in the middle of the road, I gave them a gift. Now they go and die. That's what Satan does. So, like, literally, discernment. We need to know the difference. All how he's shouting, oh, "I want a man! I want a man! I want a man!" Counterfeits are real, guys. Like counterfeits, real. Are real. saying to intercept, like your destiny, to intercept what you're supposed to do, to intercept your time. How many? T- we can say we wasted time on like one nonsense person like some nonsense time waster from somewhere like you know but it d- zap your energy zap your time so like I love what you said Christine about just Jesus I'm dedicating this to you because you can't lose you come out of that you're like I can't lose but when you come out of something that you weren't supposed to go into you've lost a bit of yourself and now yeah, you need to healing. but thank God for grace and mercy because he's a God of restoration he restores the years that the locusts have eaten there's all that talking about but consequences there's still consequences for our actions as well so yeah Yeah, one of the things I was going to say is because of everything you you guys have been saying it reminded me of a conversation I had actually very recently um literally I think it was yesterday we were talking about the difference between um blessing and and being allowed like sometimes we will say oh look at what God has blessed me with like and we 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 have a very worldly like worldview of what blessing is so if it's a sh- shiny if it's new if it looks good on instagram if it can take great pictures <laughs> then it must be <laughs> then it must be something if it can wear a suit and have a beard then it must be something that that god bless me with the yeah it's from god the game changing <laughs> 
Forget the fact that he doesn't have patience. Forget the fact that he doesn't have any of the fruits of the spirit. He can't put it's a blessing from God. That's, that's it. He can lift and all the chairs in one go and just be dragging it across the, 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 the muscles will now be. That's so. You're like, yeah, God has blessed me. But sometimes, like, you have to understand the difference between God blessing you with something, God allowing you. He's not going to lie. He's given us free will. He gave us free will from the beginning. He said, I'm going to give you free will. I'm not going to take over your mind. I'm not going to force you to do something. If you by force must walk into this thing because, oh, I must be married by a certain time or, oh, all my friends are doing it or, oh, you know, I'd, I'd rather, then cool. You are you're allowed. It doesn't mean that God's hand is on it. There's a difference between a baby or a, a marriage or a house or a car or something where God's hand is on it. And doesn't mean that he can't still use that for his glory because he's sovereign. So he can still use any situation like time and time and time and time again in the Bible where we've seen situations that they didn't have God's hand on it, but God was like, I'm still sovereign and my plan is still going to come to pass. So this thing is still going to give me glory. This thing is still going to work out for the good because I, I'm God, but it, the, the person going through it, like you experience things that show that God's hand, he wasn't in it. Like free will is a thing, but free will is a virtue, but yeah. and God will not, because he holds himself to his word and because he is sovereign, because he is not a man that he should lie, he will hold his, he will continue with his word. His, he will never break his word. So if he says, I've given you free will, go and do, like, these are the instructions I'm going to give you to do, but I'm not going to control you like robots. Yeah. Is what it is. When he gave them over to a reprobate mind, like, I really wish people would study Romans 1, or even just the whole book, because it's literally like, he still loved those people, but yeah. they decided that they were going to pervert something that he gave them. And they was yeah. just like, no. Like, you just have to keep going and you'll learn. So it takes that kind of like that understanding. This wasn't necessarily, this wasn't a blessing from God. It was something he he allowed me to, but let me turn around and now actually dedicate it to God. Know that, and and it's difficult because obviously sometimes, like, if it's a marriage, say, for instance, we know there's times where it's like, oh, I don't know if God's hand was over it yeah, I have to now try and dedicate it back to him. And, and obviously that works it out in many different ways in people's lives. So it's hard to speak on because there's different situations. But I feel like it is important to dedicate whether or not God says, okay, well, end this thing or keep at it. And the two of you dedicate your lives and whatever it is. But I think it's important to, to have that humility to say, this wasn't God blessing me. This was me doing my own thing. And he let me. And now let me turn back around and be like, Lord, I'm really trying. <laughs> I want, I'm dedicating everything to you. If you tell me, let it go, cool, I let it go. If you tell me, do it this way, do it this way. And he's never going to give instruction that will, that will kill us. He will never give instruction that will, that will hurt us, but actually will help us. And you need to be in your work because you know when God is like, when God told you to rededicate something to him, it, there's, there's a lot of beauty around it, but it takes that humility and it takes us stepping away from this show, show thing that we're in right now, which is showing our picture perfect life, showing this and saying, actually guys, this is I'm going to reinvent and come back to you and I know what is real. A little bit of a mess. Just a little <laughs> bit. Oh, social media is one of the most damaging things that happened to us. Relationship goals was one of the most damaging things that happened to us, let's be honest. Because mm-hmm. now everybody has the ideal of comparison. And now if your relationship doesn't look like that, look like- then you're mm-hmm. a failure. And then mm-hmm. when that relationship breaks down, you are now devastated because these two people that you held to such a high standard have now decided to call it quits. Mm-hmm. Then what do you do? Yeah. Um, I guess I didn't answer the question, did I? Um, in love. Okay, so <laughs> we shocking people. I feel like I did <laughs> no, but I, I, I okay. Um, so yeah, I, um, you guys already know because we spoke about it before. But yes, I was. I I love. I've loved one person, one man. Um, and it was a very interesting situation. But basically, <laughs> to sum it all up, the reason why it would never have worked was because we didn't, we were both empty. So, you know, we were talking about like love, love um, your neighbours, you love yourself. Like I, I was coming from a, a, 
empty place. I didn't have a full idea of, of what love was. And I didn't allow myself the time to really understand what love was. But I did have, like Christine, like, I did have a need to, to see what, what a man and woman being in love looks like. I wanted to see. I hadn't seen it. Um, and I just really wanted that. And so anything that that looked like it could be that, I would hold on to. Um, mm-hmm. I like. I genuinely do think I did. I did love him, and I think he had a type of love that he was able to give. But it, like I said, we were just two empty people, and it was like coming from something empty and trying to pour in. It's like there's nothing to. There's, this is not working. Like I'm giving you all I've got. It's not much. You're giving me all you've got. Just <laughs> looking real empty in this bucket. So yeah, you can pour it like, for some hours now, <laughs> and I still don't see a difference. Um, and it was it was literally dad. I think in the moment I was I was very hurt because it was weird. We. <laughs> We weren't actually, we were never together as, as boyfriend and girlfriend. Yeah, we'll, we'll explain the story off. I'm lost in talking stage. Ha, huh? I rebuke. No. <laughs> yeah, it was quite interesting still, but um, yeah. Why is that heard in the name of Jesus? <laughs> it was, it was actually a lot of confusion. And I think, do you know what it was, what was weird was that it was confusing because we both knew that we didn't have much to give and we both knew that where we both were it, there was nothing it wouldn't be anything but again it's kind of like knowing that and not knowing what to do about it and also just not have not being equipped it's kind of like so we're just going to stay friends but we know that like but it's just going to be awkward it's going to be that situation it's going to be this it's going to be that like and that went on until it until it couldn't go on anymore and then ultimately the like us parting ways was really it was like we just had one one argument and it was like yeah anyway and there was no closure which was unfortunate but yeah there was no closure and so I think it was just when we took everything to the peak of what it could be in what we had we it just ended it broke and that's 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 the story though that's a lot of the time like when I get to the peak of what I can do by myself and I can no longer do anymore and you can no longer do anymore that's when you see that break where it's just like we've literally come to our breaking point and so yeah it was unfortunate but I look back at it now and I understand it better like back in the day I was saying to you guys, like, if you'd asked me about him, all the customs. But now I can, I can look back and understand it and just be like, oh, no, I genuinely hope that he's well. I genuinely hope that he's full because coming from a, a fuller place That's now, right. yeah. yeah, it feels, every, it's different. And I do hope that he reached there. So, yeah, that yeah. was. And I think, like, even then, it's just, as I said, like, any relationship you're getting into, whether it's, I pray about, like, people that want to be my friend. Like I talk to God about people, I'm like, Lord, Lord, Lenarin, this is in a sanctum here, Lenarin. Like, is she part of the gang or? I talk to God about everyone because it's like the hardest thing you can do is run so far and have built such a connection. Because as humans, mm. we're never we're never meant to be alone in any sense of the word. No man is an island. Um, God Himself is not alone. Like He has. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, like they, so they, they all the word, if you will, the, the spirit and the God Himself, like they they are a community. So we're not meant to be alone. Um, and that's I think we can we can build connections really quickly with people. And it's subtle. Connections aren't these big major things where it's yeah. just like they're very subtle things. You wake up and the that's that person's the first thing on your mind. Mm-hmm. If you're in a situation and there's one person that you want to call, you don't even know when it happened. That's just the way we work. But I think it's so important that we speak to God first before we engage in any relationship even if a guy is interested and i know that i somewhat like him back i'm like all right god what are are you saying what's this (laughs) before we take this thing too far (laughs) because especially with women and i'm maybe not even women but i'll speak for myself like i love when i love i love hard and i'm stubborn so i feel like even if i did go that far and god is telling me hello 
tap out now. <laughs> I would, it's so easy to ignore God. It's so easy to silence the Holy Spirit and just go ahead and do what you want because your emotions are involved now. Mm-hmm. You're, you're connected to that person. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I think is to just eliminate the stress, <laughs> to eliminate the, 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 the pain to that degree. The best thing you could do is take God with you from the beginning. From the beginning, very beginning. Talk to God about that person. Ask Literally. God, like, okay, in your plan of my life, where does this person fit? Because something that we do sometimes that we take people that are seasonal and we keep them way past their season. And this is not to say people are disposable, like that's not it. Mm-hmm. Everybody, like it, they're like Elizabeth, for example, the only reason that we are in communication now is because of this podcast, right? Mm. We don't know whether this connection is just for the podcast or whether this is a lifelong thing. We just mm-hmm. don't know. Right. it would be foolish for both of us to go ahead with the nah you're my ride or die like you're my best friend forever we haven't even spoken to god sis like this is a month-long situation you need to relax like just calm down it's a month long and it's gonna fizzle out and it's gonna be okay if we walk with the understanding the revelation of what god is doing we would have relationships with people where it's just like no like i can love you and let you go not because you've done we'd have boundaries we'd have boundaries it's just because I understand that, listen, where you're about to go in life, I can't go. I'm, I'm not equipped for that. I can't mm. help you in this season. We're on two different paths. Like you said, you and the guy, we're on two different paths. Wisdom would have said to you, yeah, you're on two different paths, so keep going <laughs> on your two different paths. And do not allow, awaken love oh. before it's time. <laughs> no, no, wake love before it's time. Hello. <laughs> Sometimes there was never a time. Like, you were just right. like, person say hi and keep it going but we stop right. and we want to entertain conversation and we bring that person into the inner inner sanctum so now i'm really really cautious not because i'm i'm skeptical not because i'm i'm like because there's there's ways you can do it where it's god-led and then there is it's like trauma like issue led, trauma, right yeah yeah and it's not that i'm 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 conscious of the fact that listen this life is not mine there's someone that created me that had a plan and a design for me long before I had a say long before anyone had an opinion or long before anyone else came along so if I want to know how to steward this life well because it's his breath that's in our lungs so essentially I'm on borrowed time mm. all of us are on borrowed time mm. so because I'm on borrowed time I can't waste time I can't waste time pouring into relationships Dude. where God didn't even say that I should be there right now imagine you are working in the city your friend is still fighting in Peckham like your friend is still getting into fights in Peckham. Well, very like you need to check it and say, God, ah, <laughs> not that this is like, we're not, not on the same. But it's just the or him. But it's just the simple fact that God, like, okay, this relationship in my life, what fruit is it yielding? Mm. Am I even yielding fruit in her life? Because mm. the fact is, is that it's so easy mm. to fall into sin and it's harder to drag someone out. It's, actually not. it's so easy to fall in. That's why the Bible says, take heed lest you fall. Not mm. lest the person falls, lest you fall. You're there trying to drag everybody with you. And it's like, no, watch out for yourself. So I would just say without my long tangent is that like <laughs> in our relationships, we really need to like take God along from the beginning. Don't drag him and add him in like he's Maggie Q to, to the pot that's already been <laughs> full. Like, no, like he's the main, he's the main ingredient. He is the main thing. Bring him along um, so that we can have more fruitful relationships. So we can have more relationships with substance and relationships where it's not codependent. Cause I need you, you need me. No, 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 no. I know the role I play in your life. You know, the role you play in my life. We, we're here for something. We're like, we're birthing yeah. something. Whether it's for a season, whether it's for life, whatever the case may be, we're here for a reason and and we're led by that reason in every decision so even if we have a disagreement it's the understanding that no like 
I'm here for you for a specific reason. I'm not going to leave this assignment. I'm not going to leave my post as your friend. I'm not going to leave my post as your confidant. I'm going to stay here despite whatever is happening. Satan's a liar. I'm going to stay here and we're going to work this through and we're going to get to the place that God has for you. We're going to get to the place that God has for me. And it's that understanding of what God is doing at every single time that we need is so crucial because without it, we're literally just wandering around, making mistakes, damaging people. Yeah, that's the main thing. Damaging. Say that as well. Like it's not just about us; it's about the other person as well. Yeah. And again, if we go back even to the very beginning, what we were saying about love being a choice, love being sacrificial. Like, if you are doing this for what you can get, this is how people get damaged because now people turn around and what can I get out of this? What can I get out of yeah. this? What can I get out of this? But actually, you bring to the table. God, this is it. When you're you asking God, okay, yeah, is this person right for me? Am I right for them? Or am I dating another woman's future husband? Like, are we asking ourselves that question? Is my, you know, are my boyfriend everlasting boyfriend? Is he actually somebody else's husband? Am I locking him out of his destiny? We rebuke the everlasting boyfriend spirit. In Jesus' name. Exactly, exactly. So in the same way that we pray like, oh Lord, you know, if somebody send my person, but who are we sitting with and are supposed to have released or even didn't have business going there in the first place. But like you said, like asking straight away, God will yeah. tell you if two walk together, if two don't walk together, how can they agree? How yeah, can they walk together without how can two walk together unless they agree? Yeah. Unless they agree. I've yeah, said yeah. it like 10 times. I don't know how much to get it wrong there. <laughs> but do, exactly. in the end, my dear. It's not how you start, it's how you finish. <laughs> <laughs> We're wrapping up though, because we could you know us girls, we could talk. We can talk. <laughs> we can talk for ages. We're gonna we wrap can up. Talk. We can talk. <laughs> so last time I asked you guys um to, to round up by saying love like giving a definition of love is xyz this time i want to ask yeah um, ask such difficult questions no 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 <laughs> that one. But, but this this time you're completing the sentence i resolve to love xyz what is your resolve when it comes to love like what are you what's your intention for love in like let's say the, the next year or what what like what's your resolve for love it's very poetic can you go first Okay. The blonde is um, coming out because I'm so confused. <laughs> <laughs> basically, okay, so for me, like when I was doing the study, when I was like trying to get together, like, and that's kind of how this came about because I was like, oh, like I actually, I resolved to love intentionally, but consistently and introspectively is like looking inwards. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's basically saying like, I don't want this to just be something that I'm like, I only think about love on Valentine's Day or I only mm-hmm. think about love when I'm in a relationship or I only think about love when, you know, I think I might be meeting someone next next year or something like that. Like I want to love intentionally, even when I'm a single woman now in, in a house by myself. Like I resolve to love consistently in that I want to use every situation to teach me how to love, obviously against the word of God. And introspectively is in looking inwards, I want to love understanding how I give love and how I receive love. So that's my resolve. So it's like just basically how love is going to play out or how I'm going to try and make love play out in my life in the next as long as I live, I guess. So yeah, I, I, that's me. I've gone. Oh yeah, next. Elizabeth, okay. you're looking at me. Me, I'm looking at you. <laughs> <laughs> Just doing eyes at each other. I do eyes. <laughs> okay, fine. Um. Oh, that's interesting then. Because I mean, the one that I was going to say, I think, is kind of probably encompasses everything. So I'll change it. But I will say, I resolve to love then unconditionally actually because that's one thing that it's easy to love when you're getting love back it's easy to love when someone's nice to you it's easy to love when yeah they do things for you but 
Christ loved people who spat on him and who put him on a cross and who shamed him and mocked him. And he still loved them. So Father, forgive them for they know what, what they do. And I was reading a book like um, by Stephen Furtick is one of my favorite preachers. I've been following him for years. And um, I think it's the seven mile miracle. And it's talking about like one of the things he talks about is how even on that cross, like how much it would have taken to take a breath to, to pull up. I, I can't even do one pull up, you know, like I'm, I'm going to shame myself out here. Like I have no upper body strength. So to have your whole body and to, oh, no, them, oh, they know what, what they do. Like that is not easy at all. But he did it from a place of love and it was unconditional. It was like, okay, yeah, they crucified me, but they know not what they do. The father's working it out. Like, so for me, to love unconditionally and oh, it's hard to say because what I'm what I learned last year is when you pray a prayer in sincerity the Holy Spirit comes to collect oh. Oh, pray yeah. for generosity Holy Spirit this comes to collect pray for Holy Spirit comes to collect so yeah but it's, it's all part of maturity at the end of the day so for me personally on my walk and where I'm at right now I resolve to love unconditionally hmm. okay I resolve to love freely I think when you've been burned by love a couple of times and just the way this world works is very easy for small things can make you turn cold. Small things mm -hmm. can harden you when me personally, that's not my nature. I'm a very loving person. So I resolve to love freely. I resolve to love without, like I just, res I resolve to love as freely as Christ has loved me. Mm -hmm. I, lo I resolve to love as freely and as sacrificially as Christ has loved me. Um, he's been teaching me a lot about washing people's feet, and I hate feet. As in, as in physically <laughs> washing feet. Like, no, I don't know about physically just yet, but like, yeah. and what he yeah. did when he washed the feet of the disciples. Talking about service, it's definitely service. service yeah. Holy Spirit, yeah, going to our next. What's the word? Will be like service, servicefully. I promise I have a degree. I have two. I'm smart. <laughs> but, um, I resolve to love in a way that I'm. I will serve others. I will serve mm. God's people. I will serve the broken. I will serve the lost. Um, and I will show them that indeed God still lives and he still moves and he still serves. Amen. Amen. Hey guys, thanks for checking out today's episode titled Love Is, a snippet from our YouTube live stream. You can now connect with us on Instagram at The Walk Podcast on Insta. That's all one word, The Walk Podcast on Insta. So as usual, please do share your thoughts and feelings with us by connecting and we will catch you on the next episode. God bless.